Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast, where each week you will hear topics related to women of faith and entrepreneurship who are cultivating lives of impact that will one day lead to a legacy. My name is Shelley Tyson, and I will be your host each week as we chat with other women who are navigating business, faith, parenthood, and a lot of other topics that relate to building lives that glorify God and serve others abundantly. I hope you enjoy today's episode and are encouraged as you intentionally choose to live a life of impact that will one day lead to a legacy impacting generations to come. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cultivate Legacy podcast. My name is Shelly Tyson, and I will be your host today with another guest interview with a fairly new friend of mine. Elizabeth and I got connected through LinkedIn. I know LinkedIn um, LinkedIn is making a comeback, and I am so thankful that she and I were able to get connected on that platform, and we've talked um, a lot, and I have been so impressed by Elizabeth's story of God leading her to start something um, a little bit out of her company comfort zone. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So welcome to the podcast, Elizabeth. Thank you for being here. You appreciate it. I would love for you to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. Um, so my name is Elizabeth Hudgens. I am the owner of Amplify Proofreading, um, where I offer freelance proofreading services to um, businesses, individuals, students, uh, mostly online content. Um, so basically anything that gets published online and um, Christian nonfiction. Those are kind of my specialties. Amazing. And you're also a wife and a mom too, right? Yes. Yes. We have two young girls. Um, the oldest one is two and a half and the youngest is uh, not quite eight months, but almost. You're busy. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> Very much so. Um, sure. You and how long have you been doing proofreading? Um, so I finished. I decided to take a course. You don't have to be certified for it um, for for proofreading, um, like some of the other editorial processes. But I did decide to take a course where I started. So I finished that um, the summer of 2020. I think it was end of July, first of August, and then started proofreading um, after that. So uh, yeah, it hasn't been too long. Um, but I feel like it's been a lot longer than it has because this year has been so full anyway. Yeah. Cause you started in 2020. So were you already planning to do that? Like from a timeline perspective, were you already, you know, directed towards that, uh, toward proofreading in general, or are you talking about just starting the business on that time? Starting the business, yeah. Y- yes. And no, um, mostly yes, because of the way that kind of life circumstances, uh, started, um, 2020 was a <laughs> Not like it wasn't um, full for everyone, but we had some, we had a lot of changes uh, in 2020 to say the least. So there was kind of a period where I've been wanting to do it for a while and, you know, things would just come up and again, 2020 in general. So, you know, it was one of those things where you finally got to a point like, I just got to do it. If I'm going to do it, I have to do it. It's now or never. We were fixing to have our, our second child. Um, and, and I was like, I have to finish this, <laughs> I have to finish this and get everything started before. Cause I knew once that, um, one, once our second was born, it was going to be, uh, a wild ride for a while. So I wasn't going to have as much time as I did, you know, in that last, what third trimester. <laughs> so it was, it was it like, never. It's like years long, you know, it's like, <laughs> man, drags. yes, yes. But honestly, as a mom too, I'm thinking in the third trimester of my pregnancies, I think the last thing that I was thinking about was starting a business. I mean, that is very ambitious to think, oh, I'm going to start something new, have a baby and keep building this. So what was it like in those early stages after you finished your course? Did you jump right into starting to build the business or what, what did that look like rhythm wise? Oh, that's a loaded question. So (laughs) just loaded in the sense of there were so many things that had to be done. Um, the, the, 
learning how to do the proofreading and set up the business was kind of the easy part. The rubber meets the road stuff was the part that was obviously hard because you have a young child and then you're fixing to have another one. And that's why it's another reason why I wanted to finish as much of the coursework and the, you know, the craft essentially um, beforehand, because I knew the hard part for me was going to be, okay, setting up a website and, you know, doing the legal stuff and the business license and things like that, that I knew were going to take more time. Cause I was going to have to learn how to do all of that, um, that I didn't trust myself to, uh, be able to do well on very little sleep. Um, <laughs> so, so that's why I was kind of trying to cram all of that in, you know, right before, uh, Olivia, our youngest was born that I could hopefully just focus on um, what I actually enjoyed doing, which was the proofreading, uh, once we got back into a, a routine and that gave me a little bit of a, in my mind, a buffer period of, okay, if I can get the hard, the hard stuff, quote unquote, right. you know, the harder stuff done before that point, then I'll kind of have what my routine is going to look like once we get, you know, baby on a routine where I can know, okay, I have this time block and this time block and, and start planning a little bit better. Um, not that I have all that figured out now. Yeah. We're still, you know, constantly changing. constantly changing, but I know how to flow with it now where it doesn't seem quite so overwhelming. So, yeah. So there was real intentionality at the beginning of kind of looking ahead and saying, this is the best season, even though it's going to be intense, you know, right before she was born. And then right. understanding that was going to set you up to have more of a predictable, predictable rhythm afterwards. Have you always seeing yourself going into proofreading? I mean, was that kind of a career that you like, at what point did you say, Oh, this is where I want to go. So I was in the dental field, um, for almost 10 years, um, from my senior year of high school through, uh, the time that our first was born. Um, and the plan had always been for me to be a stay at home mom. Once we had kids, that was, that was always just what we had talked about. Um, but there came a point after our first was born that once I got in a routine, um, I was like, you know what, I think I could handle going, you know, doing, doing some kind of work, not, not so much only for work's sake, but almost as an outlet sort of, but that was also productive and something that I enjoyed and was able to serve others as well. Um, first priority was always going to be, you know, family and not sacrificing that, that mom time. Um, but I just wanted to, I wanted to do something. I was ready to get back into to something. I just didn't know what, so I did a whole lot of research. Um, I always enjoyed English and, and that sort of thing. But that was such a far cry from dental, obviously. But there are a lot of things that um, ended up transitioning well, the attention to detail, the time management, the there are a lot of things that crossed over that you kind of wouldn't think of. But um, so that ended up being a from the flexibility standpoint too, something that just kind of checked all the boxes. And that's kind of how I ended up there. Yeah. Explain a little bit for our audience who may not be as familiar with the process of proofreading when some content is being formed, whether it be a book or whether it be online, are you coming in at the beginning or in the middle or at the end of the process? Or are you there at the, through the whole process, kind of break that down a little bit from a practical perspective. Right. So uh, really, whether it's a book or an article or whatever, there's a developmental section, there's a kind of a copy editing section for, I don't want to confuse terminology too much because it even means different things within yeah. the editing you yeah. know, realm um, of how people define themselves. But, but there, my portion comes at the end. So after all of the developmental, like the, say it's a book, the character development, the story arc, the everything like that, that's kind of the developmental side or, you know, the coaching to, Hey, you need to tweak this story here to make it make more sense, that sort of thing. 
Um, and then you have the copy editing phase that is, okay, now we're looking at grammar and structure and whatnot. And then I'm at the very end of all that to catch after everybody's blind to everything because they've read it so many times. I'm the one that comes in at the end and is like the fresh pair of eyes that goes, hey, you know, we're missing a comma here. These are what the rules say to do with this. And um, just to kind of like a quality check uh, for all of those technical errors that have slipped through the, the previous round. And now that you're in it, I mean, that you're, you know, building and it has momentum. What are some things that you've learned even in these early stages? What are some things that like God has taught you in these early stages of starting something new and um, maybe surprises that have come along the way and ways that you've seen that God has led? Sure. Now, is this from which one do you want first? The personal aspect or the business side, I guess. Both, because when you're an entrepreneur, they just <laughs> kind of like, <laughs> they kind of all blend together, right? They all happen at once, whether you yes. want them to or not. Yeah. he He's been very um, gentle in revealing things to me. I'll put it that way. Um, obviously he uses life circumstances and whatever season you're in to, you know, sanctify you and, and running a business is no different. Um, especially when you're trying to juggle other aspects of life at the same time, right? It, it's not for the faint of heart. There's there's a lot of things to learn. There's a lot of things I still have to learn. I'm not by nature, or I didn't think of myself by nature as one of those people that, you know, was an entrepreneur. That's that's my husband. He's very much that personality. So he's been really encouraging. And I think that that God uses, you know, my husband and my kids to help shape and keep me in line when it comes to, um, as a mom, not letting the business stuff overflow into other areas that should have my full attention. That's the hard part. I mean, you say that at the beginning going, this is why I'm doing this so that I can spend more time with my family, you know, whatever the case. But then when you get into it, that's like your, that's like your baby, that's your business baby. Right. And so all of these things that you have to research and do and, and whatever else can really creep in, especially in those beginning stages to just being all consuming. And so learning how to, prioritize, but also, you know, God showing me, Hey, don't, don't idolize this, getting this done so much that, that you're, you know, neglecting the whole reason you're doing this in the first place. Um, so from a personal standpoint, you know, time management for personal things and, and the boundaries that need to go in place there from a business standpoint, just everything I've learned. So (laughs) I've learned a lot. Um, and I've learned to ask for help. That's hard. That's been hard too, because I'm, a perfectionist. I want to do everything right the first time and never have any hiccups and, and whatever, but like, you don't know what you don't know. So learning how to be more flexible in many areas has been challenging, but it's been good. I think that's a really good point that entrepreneurship, especially if you're starting something new, you may not necessarily think of yourself as an entrepreneur and that some of those things are really revealed along the way that it's, it's, it's a process that God takes us through to sanctify us. And it's just a different way. And that there sometimes in these processes of building a business that can serve other people, he can reveal things in that, that he, ne- he wouldn't necessarily be able to reveal or choose to reveal in maybe motherhood. And yet there is so much overlap there of him constantly drawing us into me first then the people that I put in front of you and then serving and keeping those things in line. And as you get into the entrepreneurial world, exactly like you said, there are so many things that you have to learn and that's beautiful to be able to learn and grow. And yet there have to be boundaries on that. Um, So that's just such a, such a good point along the way, as you've gotten started, you mentioned, you knew you wanted to do this. You took the course 
you got into it. There have been just so many things to have to learn. Is there one or two or three things that have been just a kind of un, like surprising blessings out of this that maybe were unexpected things that you didn't expect? From becoming a proofreader. Like you said earlier, there's so many facets. There's the personal aspect, there's the business aspect. So, I mean, for sure, there are things that there are ways that this has molded me and that he's used it to mold me um, that I didn't think were going to be byproducts of this process. You know, looking at failure as progress. I mean, before I'm not saying I've reached any kind of, you know, higher plane of being a Christian kind of thing or, or, or anything like that. I don't want to imply that I'm done learning at all. But even just a couple of years ago, the the thought of failing at something was just so, I, I was just so averted to that. You know, it doesn't have to be any kind of huge thing. It's just things like, okay, that post didn't perform as well as I wanted it to do. And I put a lot of work into that. Or, you know, I may have underestimated a timeline, you know, for a project. And now I'm having to cram at the end because, you know, it's not like things are getting dropped or not getting done, but it's just those moments of growing pains of the business and learning how to manage things like that. Did I miss out on a proposal? What, you know, you have two options, right? You can look at that and go, I stink at this. I'm not, I I don't know what I'm doing. I'm fill in the blank and therefore have no hope of a different outcome when that scenario presents itself in the future because it was all out of your control, right? Or I can look at that and acknowledge and accept responsibility for, okay, what parts of that process were things that I could have done differently to produce that different outcome? So it's not failure in the sense of, I don't need to be doing this or I don't, you know, I'm not a business, I'm not a good business owner or, or whatever, but learning to look at things through that lens of, you know, how do I improve what I'm doing so that I'm setting myself up for success? I'm setting my, you know, clients up to be happy. I'm setting whatever the case and ultimately, you know, makes me better for it and makes the business better. That's a really good point is how you have to look at failure because especially in the beginning and really throughout your entrepreneurial journey, I know, but especially in the beginning, it's a lot of falling down a lot. And I'm reminded as you're talking about that, of a John Maxwell quote of, fail fast and in your business. So be fast, the faster you fail, the faster you can learn. And you're not going to learn if you don't fall down. I, I know from my own personal experience, and you can probably relate to this as well of when you first start your business and you start falling down in some ways, personally, it can really feel like an identity issue. This doesn't reflect on me because my identity is already secure in Christ. That's already who I am as a beauty. And he's given me this. And I certainly want to steward that at an excellent level. We are not ever going to be perfect on the side of heaven. And so that there's an element of what we can learn. And that's just such a good point. You learned that early and have recognized that as being part of the process um, to being able to serve more abundantly. As you've gotten started, what are some things that have kind of come up for you? You are hurdles, I guess I would say, are, are things, maybe are areas where you did have to ask for help and you felt tension about that. You mentioned that earlier. What are some of the things that you've been like, I need to delegate this because this is not for me to pick up. I didn't delegate as much as I should have. Um, Looking back on that, I would have gotten somebody to do my website for sure, because Mm. that, that was getting close to due date and, and we were moving in in the process of moving and all, all kinds of stuff. It was just, there was a lot going on. So that was a very slow process that I, I wish I had delegated. And, and it's it's one of those things, like, it's not that you can't learn these things yourself because you can. It's just, is it worth your time to do it, really? You know what I mean? And so the answer was no. <laughs> but uh, 
but so that's led me down a little bit, but, but no, it, it's as far as hurdles, I balance a lot of things off of my husband. Cause he's been in, in sales for a long time. Um, he's been in, you know, different leadership roles and things like that. And like I said, he's very entrepreneurial minded um, anyway. So I feel like I have that support system kind of already built in. Um, so I'm very, very blessed in that respect. Um, a lot more business related things than I do. So that that's one thing that I would say too, you were talking about outsourcing and not being afraid to ask, you know, questions from people, whether it is your husband or whether it's, you know, somebody that's, you know, a friend of yours, that's maybe they're not doing something for you. Maybe you're not necessarily outsourcing a task to them, but even just picking their brains about things, learning from people that are smarter than you, because not everything is in my wheelhouse, right? Learning to not feel like I have to waste a whole bunch of time trying to figure something out, you know, work smarter, not, <laughs> not harder in the sense of, you know, I'm all about research and stuff. And, but I'm also, I would rather learn from other people than having to, to do it myself and then, and then find out that it's, you know, not something that's going to work. But there again, going back to even when you do that and you learn from other people, you're still going to have to, you know, quote unquote, fail sometimes and learn how to adapt. There's still going to be things that you have to learn how to adapt to your business. I don't know that there's ever going to be like a cookie cutter um, (laughs) way of applying things because everybody's goals and, and reasons for doing what they're doing look totally different, but And that's a really good point is being adaptable as especially at the beginning of being able to really assess what is worth my time because time is money and that it's the resource that once it's spent, you can never get it back. And so really, really looking hardcore at maybe I could learn to do this. Do I need to? And sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes you do have to do all the things because you're not in a place to delegate yet. But I love the fact that you brought up talking to experts. That is free. That is that is free advice. And so why would you not tap into that? If Mm -hmm. it could help save you time, if it could help save your energy to go towards the things that really you do need to be focused on. So that's such, such an excellent point. What advice would you have for a woman who's maybe in a similar scenario to you in 2020 of saying, you know, my life is full, my life is busy. And I feel like God is maybe opening a door for me to pursue starting something new. And you know, I'm scared. I'm scared of maybe I need to wait until there's a calmer season. What kind of advice and wisdom would you give her almost maybe if you could go back last year now right. on the side and give yourself <laughs> advice, what would you tell yourself? Oh goodness. For me, and I to say this as a blanket statement, because again, I know everybody's situation is different, but for me, I tend to overanalyze things. I get that analysis paralysis stage where there's so much research that I could do before I feel, you know, comfortable with stepping out and doing whatever it is that that can, that can be a hurdle. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, so I really had to fight that. I really had to fight that tendency when I decided, you know, but that was kind of a blessing about the whole, you know, due date situation was I only have X amount of time to do as much as I can. So that helped kind of speed me along anyway, but just do it. I I mean, you don't know what you don't know, but at the same time, you're never going to know everything before you start doing something anyway. And so you know, like for me, it was the business license stuff, the, it wasn't even (laughs) proofreading. It was all of the business setup stuff and the, you know, what platforms do I need to be on? How do I need to market myself and all this kind of stuff? Pick the brains of other people sooner. (laughs) 
<laughs> so that you can feel like you have, you know, more knowledge going into it of maybe the direction that you want to go. But as far as nailing down, like, okay, um, this is going to be my schedule and I'm going to post this many times a week and I'm going to be on these things. And these are going to be my results. Like you're not going to know those things until you go in there. So don't set yourself up for disappointment by going, if it doesn't happen like X, then it's just not meant to be. I mean, is there ever going to be a calmer season? Probably not. Um, <laughs> I know. Not. I'm waiting for you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. No. So, <laughs> is there ever a good time? Probably not. Yeah. That's a really good point about recognizing that you're not going to know until you try. And there's so much about the entrepreneurial journey that I think is like that. And as women of faith, as Jesus followers, that also is just a reminder that, that we have the ultimate trump card by, you know, having the God of the universe that we can rely on in those moments of I'm stepping out in faith. I don't know everything, but you do. And so I'm just going to need you to guide me every step of the way. And I was just doing another podcast interview before this, and we were talking about the freedom that comes in that you can step out in faith. If you really believe that God is calling you to something and trust him that along the way, he's going to help, you know, like what those things are that you need to say yes to and what you need to delegate to. But you, you, you are so right. You are never going to feel a hundred percent ready. It's, it's just, yeah. you know, like the seasons, your season is always going to, there's going to be a reason for you not to, not to start. <laughs> Yeah. There's always, always going to be reasons not to start something. And I think too, you know, you know, this in your head, but until you start doing something like that or start, you know, something new or whatever, you don't realize how much of your identity has been even in the past wrapped up in, you know, your job or your, you know, whatever you're being productive at, at, at the time, that's, a huge part of the process going smoother too. Like you were saying as a, as a Christian, knowing that, okay, if things don't go as planned, first of all, what's the worst that could happen, right? You don't have the business anymore that you just started. I mean, what, what have you lost? Right. Um, but also that if you have to pivot or shift your plans in any way, like that's not what gives you that worth anyway. So it, it's, you know, God's sovereign over the whole thing, regardless. Um, it's his plan for me to do something. You know, yes, I have to do my part and, you know, be disciplined in areas, but I'm not going to trump his plan, trump his plans. So being able to be flexible, just spiritually in the sense of taking a step back and going, okay, this is not what my entire life is wrapped up in when it's all said and done anyway, um, makes it a lot easier to overcome those hurdles when they, when they come your way. Cause it's yeah. not, it's not a surprise at that point. It's just like, Oh, okay, well, this is what we need to do then. And then yeah. you just bypass it. You know, yes, that's, that's an excellent point of, it really helps you be able to take on the challenges in a way that holds everything loosely, you know, instead of that tight grasp of everything's wrapped up. If you are in your proofreading, you're doing your, your work and your, everything's going well, do you ever think about what is the impact this is, that this is going to have? Like what, I guess the question is like, what is the deeper why that you have underneath proofreading? Sure. So that's kind of twofold. I was thinking about this. I actually had a conversation about this with um, someone the other day about your, your why being different than why I chose what I chose kind of thing. Ultimately the you know deepest why is helping provide for my family while not sacrificing that time with them. Right. But technically I could do other things besides proofreading and, and do that. So the why, as far as why I chose to proofread, I'm really, I'm really passionate and I enjoy 
the process of helping people reach their goals. And so that coupled with just the gifts that I have as far as, you know, English and grammar and that sort of thing was kind of the the marriage of those two, <laughs> the blending of those two things together. Just like I said earlier, it kind of checked all boxes. I can help people put out the best version of their work. And especially with the Christian nonfiction genre, I guess you'd say there's so much out there that's not solid that I feel like the, I feel like it's very fulfilling being a part of that process of getting those um, solid works out there, you know, especially with kids, you, I know you realize how how much out there that you wouldn't think of until you have kids. And then you're like, Oh, that's probably not what I want to teach them. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, but it's the same as an adult. There are things now that I realize that I'm like, Oh, that's not compatible with what I believe. So I probably shouldn't take that principle and try to work around it. So being a part of, you know, the bigger picture, as far as that goes on the business side, helping people reach their goals and taking things off of their plate, helping them delegate by taking those things off of their plate so that they can further their business or their ministry or their, you know, whatever else by using my gifts to be able to do that is it's really cool. That is such a neat thing to be able to be a part of because I I think that it it like reveals God's creativity and how he knits and fashions each one of us like in such a unique way with certain gifts and when we work together it complements you know, everybody can work together and compliment and no one person has to feel like they have to do it all. I mean, the cool part, not to get too theological is that, right. All of those things reflect his character, reflect a part of, you know, and because we're made in his image. And so it's neat to be able to see things like proofreading, which you may not on the outset think, oh, that's going to make an impact. But when you explain it that way, you see the ripple effect of if you think about nonfiction Christian works that have been in print for hundreds of years or, and, and you think about the impact that that has made from a theological standpoint, yeah. then that is so cool that you could be a cog in that wheel that can right. continue that. Amazing. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for sharing your heart and sharing a little bit of your story, even starting something new, starting it in a season that didn't feel like it was convenient or comfortable and just walking forward in obedience to what God has called you to. And I will, for our audience that is listening and for those that are viewing, I will drop all of Elizabeth's information into the show notes so that you guys can go and follow her. You can find her, you can connect with her if you need a proofreader, if you're writing and you need someone to look over it. I know that she'd be more than happy to serve and help you um, in that, but thank you, Elizabeth, for being here. Thank you for sharing today. And um, we will get everyone connected with you so that they can get to know you as well. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening today. My prayer is that this episode today has encouraged you that wherever you are, wherever God has you walking, whatever season you're in, you can make an impact that will one day lead to a legacy impacting generations to come. If you would like to learn more about Cultivate and how you can continue making an impact in your home and in your business, you can check us out at cultivatelegacy.org or follow us on Instagram at cultivate underscore legacy.